0: Hi, my name is Rebecca Smith, Managing Director of Safe Hands and welcome to the Safe Hands podcast. Today we wanted to touch on a subject that we at Safe Hands get asked lots of questions around and it's a subject that our clients and prospects seem particularly engaged with at the moment. That topic is mental health awareness and we're going to be looking at this purely from a company or corporate standpoint as well. Now, just before we move on, I've got some interesting stats for you here. So the World Health Organization reports that globally, an estimated 264 million people suffer from depression. And many of these are also suffering from symptoms of anxiety as well. On the back of that, it's also reported that depression and anxiety cost the global economy an estimated $1 trillion each year in lost productivity crazy numbers. Well, yes. Did you know so, that? So, so high. Yeah. So high. Gosh. Now, although all of the team here at Safe Hands are qualified nurses, we also recognise that we are experts in certain specialist areas. Luckily, one of my guests today is... I'm joined right now by Mandy Jessel, um, cognitive and behavioral therapist working at Priory Clinic here in Dubai. And she has kindly agreed to share with us some information on the signs and symptoms of certain key mental health issues, as well as giving us some advice on how to combat them. So, welcome, Mandy. Thank you. How are you?
1: I'm nervous. <laughs> oh, I don't be nervous. Nervous, don't we, I nervous. know how my clients feel now. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> we're all, we're all in kind. Stomach yeah. and <laughs> you feel like, yeah, you've got to get it right. You're, um, you're the on the other side of it now. You're like on the it. other <laughs> side
0: of it. It's, <laughs> you're going to be great. You're going to be great. Um, I've also got another guest with me, special guest here with me today. Yeah. So like I mentioned, as well as looking at the clinical and expert opinions on our topic, we also wanted to explore the perspective of a company owner. And what better person to do that than our own company owner. So today we're joined by (laughs) Danielle Suchley, CEO of Blue Sky Thinking Group and Cousin.
2: Welcome. Hi guys.
0: Hi. Um, So before we start, I'd just like to give our listeners today a little bit of insight into both of your backgrounds, if that's okay. I did a very brief intro there. Um, But Mandy, if you just want to start by giving us a little intro.
1: Yep, Um, so I've been working as a therapist, cognitive and behavioral therapy, and another really long title called EMDR, um, eye movement desensitization reprocessing therapy, which can specifically be used for problems like uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, But yeah, I've been working for about eight years as a therapist, and before working as a therapist, I trained as a mental health nurse. So worked in the UK, Um, clients with all different mental health problems in a psychiatric hospital, in a care home patients with Alzheimer's, Mm -hmm. dementia but yeah, for the last sort of eight years I've been working mostly as a therapist group therapy, one-to-one counselling with just all different problems but mostly like the ones that you've mentioned anxiety, stress, um, depression, depression.
0: Yeah. yeah sounds like we've got the right person for the job right? absolutely, absolutely awesome. Awesome. Thank thank and uh, danny we know each other quite well but f- just for our listeners today mm. could you give us give us a little intro please
2: yeah so i'm the blue sky thinking group um ceo so i actually run the businesses so safe hands at Bernapol and finsbury associates um been in the region now for 15 years um and in kind of leadership roles over the last 11 years and so I think, yeah, this is a, a topic that is kind of on every leadership team's agenda mm-hmm. right now yeah. in trying to trying to help and assist with this because it's, yeah, um, I think awareness, whether the that people are suffering with it more or whether it's just that our awareness has increased, I'm yeah. not sure which one yeah. that, that, that is, but it certainly seems something that, um, yeah we, we need to talk about it more yeah,
0: yeah. Um, it's interesting that you said that because cases are on the rise whether whether or not that is because yeah. we're just more aware of it you know people are feeling more comfortable talking about it um, or we, we're just seeing more of it in general I'm yeah. not sure but cases are on the rise and you know employers are wanting to engage on this topic what do you think the contributing factors are for this rise? I'll start with with you, Mandy.
1: Yeah, I think it can be so many issues, whether it's grieving problems, somebody may pass away in a family, it can be relationship issues, um, people might feel stressed with work, feeling the need to respond quicker to so many different things that are going on. So it could be workload. Um, So all different kind of life events, things that are going on that might impact um, an individual just to feel overwhelmed and burn out from, yeah, the different problems that are sort of going on in Mm. their life.
0: Burnout's a word I'm hearing a lot more Mm. recently. Yeah. Seems to be, it's a fast-paced lifestyle in in Dubai, isn't it? And I think that work-life balance can be sometimes quite difficult to to maintain. A lot of people come out here to work, don't they? That's that's their purpose in terms of moving to the region. Yep. And mm. what do, what do you think, Danny? Do you think this is a contributing factor
2: to, to this? Just from I, I think. Yeah, I, I appreciate what you're saying from a, a regional perspective, mm. but I actually think globally, yeah, um, kind of on demand. It that is, we're, we're just incredibly impatient, aren't we, yeah. at the moment? So whether that's um, we ordering our food and checking up yeah. on our delivery driver to mm. um, WhatsApp and emails and anybody who knows me who works with me knows uh, Yeah, all of those those services and those business tools I use massively, mm. and that increases that that demand for okay, I want an answer now. Yeah, mm. I think similarly the increase in um, social media um I think that somewhat can distort what people's perception of kind of like yeah. normal is now mm-hmm. so um I think if you know we get caught in that that insta or that facebook scroll where you're kind of observing people from the most um kind of you know they're, they're at parties they're mm. they're doing all these exciting and amazing things achievements in work you kind of see that and you, you digest it and that becomes kind of a normal, like mm. your, your, what you believe to be a reality. And I don't think that's always the case. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that has a big, uh, there's a big factor around that now in yeah. terms of yeah. social media and its influence on people's mental health.
1: And I think it is really where we're spending our time. So if we're on Instagram or fo- uh, Facebook or sort of social media for an hour, two hours, you think, well, that's time of my life that I'm not able to spend with my husband or with my children or whatever else that gives you value and purpose in your life Mm. we're sort of spending it on social media and it just happens so automatically that you keep scrolling but I think uh, sometimes people forget to sort of step back and think about what is it that I value in my life Mm. do I want to do something fun do I want something challenging am I trying to relax what else can help me to relax Rather than sort of going into the usual pattern of just checking on our phone and scrolling. Yeah. Which yeah. could I've just go on all evening. It. Yeah. It's a habit yeah, though, isn't it's it's it? And ha- I, is think,
2: I think that is massively, it's mindfulness, isn't yeah. it? So I, I know that I'm terrible. If my phone is on the table, yeah. I, I will check it. So yeah. uh, the dinner table, myself, my husband, I won't let anyone take their phone to the table. Yeah. Because yeah. I just yeah, know it's, it's really just good. so it's, so it's easy, just so it? easy yeah, to sort of kind of lapse concentration before you know it. There's a conversation true. going on around you that you're completely not involved in and i completed
1: some training for a couple counseling just part one of three called Gottman training um and one of the statistics it's 67 percent of u.s families that don't sit together for meal times or if they have their mobile their distractions their television on Mm. um it means that it impacts the children's results directly for their school exams. so so but that's 67 percent of families so it's quite a lot of families that are not sort of sitting together or yeah. having conversations and that real connection and time together. Yeah, it's yeah. important
0: definitely. Um so we know that the sort of cases are rising. Um we've we've touched on why there. When it comes to corporates, how can employers identify the signs and symptoms of some of these key health issues in their employees?
1: Yeah, it's a really big question. Um, big question. <laughs> big question. So mm. mental health can be sort of devised into so many different disorders, so many different problems. Mm. Um, somebody could be struggling with psychosis an anxiety disorder, different depression problems. Um, so th- there are a whole load of sort of psychiatric disorders mm. uh, that individuals might be struggling with. But the different signs and symptoms, for example, for anxiety, mm. might be feeling more irritable. Um, they might be withdrawing themselves. They might feel agitated, restless. You might see somebody sort of pacing up and down more in the corridor or leaving the work pl- um, their work space and avoiding situations. So that is sort of more for anxiety. Mm. Uh, For depression, it's completely different. We forget that the body and the brain it's all connected. Mm. Um, Depression is a physical illness, it's not just what's going on in the brain, but people experience it physically, so um, lethargy, heaviness, tiredness, lack of concentration, not being able to remember things. Mm. So it feels like a tonne of bricks to really get their body out of bed and to get going and do sort of everyday things that, we might be able to do a 100 things when we're feeling completely healthy. Yeah. But with depression, it's a real physical illness to sort of get yourself up and do those simple things. It's interesting that you meant, mentioned
0: the link to um, physical symptoms as well. Yeah. Um, as part of what we do at Safe Hands, we do a lot of health screenings, and we actually um, do them internally as well. So we oh, do health yeah. screenings across um, the employees within our group. Okay. And I think on the first Connect one, Danny, <laughs> we, we sort, of, sort of saw the link um, particularly between potentially stress and, and physical symptoms. Yeah. Um, I think we screened 56 employees. And out of that, we had seven come back as being severely hypertensive. Um, Some of those readings were anomalies, luckily. A couple of them weren't. Um, But when we did the corporate analysis of that screening, we found that all of them worked in the same department. So they were all in quite high-pressure roles at the the, the time, weren't they? Yeah. Um, So that was a prompt for us to look at sort of internal processes. And strategy around that. Yeah. Yeah. And we implemented a lot, didn't we? Yeah. Um, it It was a... a wake-up call but a good one nevertheless but those are sort of symptoms that the employee didn't know that they were experiencing um and we certainly didn't know they were experiencing at the time
1: yeah if the employee doesn't realize what the symptoms are then they'll continue with sort of their workload until Mm. you sort of sit back and think okay I'm getting really high scores here What's going on? Do I notice whether I'm getting a thought or a certain feeling in my body mm. that something's too much and I'm saying yes, but I can't really take something else on? Mm. So, yeah. Do you think
2: that kind of self-awareness has been... I know that um, it's something that I, I, I read lots of books on, listen to lots of podcasts around self-awareness mm. and, and asking myself, OK, how am I feeling about that? Or, yeah, yeah. sort of check... Yeah, yeah. and, and I think that's that's a really good practice for anyone to have. But do you think that self-awareness ultimately may prompt us now to when there's there are periods in our life which were whether that's sadness from maybe it's grief maybe it's um yeah maybe it is exhaustion or tiredness and it's you know pre-holiday whatever it is do you think that there is a tendency now to kind of look to that and go okay it is depression it is anxiety when previously we may have kind of seen that as being okay just at the moment things aren't things aren't great do you think that we there's, there's a tendency to overlabel, or do you think that still there's there's not enough yes. people coming forward? A good for question. Me.
1: I think now because people are generally talking about sort of mental health much more much more mm. aware of different symptoms or what problems might be coming up for people. Um, there's just more of a conversation around it, so we're sort of on the lookout for those signs. How to support the employees? Mm. How to support family or friends who are struggling with something? Um, so I think yeah, it's probably more to do with now that we have the awareness that um we're su- sort of trying to support them as much as we can yeah, yeah.
0: and just going back to to my original question danny but from a sort of company owner mm-hmm. perspective um do you find it difficult to try and identify where when employees are potentially stressed out if they're going through you know a rough phase in their life that could be impacting their their
2: emotional well-being their their mental health I think that um look the the larger the organization the more difficult that probably mm. is to address. Yeah, I think at true. the moment we have um the size of the organization means that there there are still relatively strong friendships and connections with people within like that, that office space mm. whereas as you kind of scale that and you run thousands of employees I think having that level of engagement and having you know the coffees and the lunches and mm. the, the kind of check-ins that you we probably as, as a business we we, we still have mm. but I think it that that becomes increasingly more difficult mm. as the as the organization scales and ultimately having that resource so human resources and Itself becomes really, really overly, overly yeah. stretched. Yeah. Um. To be able to actually commit that time to, as I say, just it's a check-in, isn't it? It's mm. making sure, hey, yeah, how are you feeling? How is it? How are things going? Anything you need help with? Yeah. And and I think that, that means space. a lot. I think that means a lot to people as well. Yeah. yeah.
0: So would you agree that it's something that sort of has to feed from top down? Obviously, we've got our HR professional. Um. They're the ones to sort of engage with the employees on a day-to-day basis, but ultimately direct managers you know
2: um senior managers and um above a hundred percent i think um creating a culture so i think like anything i think individuals have got to have some responsibility to be able to identify um you know how they're feeling having that you know stress having that self-awareness but i think ultimately like anything within business whether it's identifying performance management or Mm. identifying talent identifying if someone's yeah th- there's something not quite right and actually digging deeper and wanting to understand and wanting to help and assist I think is is hugely important I think mean, that's a corporate culture that has to be fostered and it has to be worked at doesn't it, it ultimately. doesn't have to be worked at I think but that's where you're
0: crossing that line from management into leadership aren't you yeah and there's a yeah, little bit of extra extra work involved yes. in that on that, um, what what can companies do um, to try and, and make a difference when it comes to their employees?
1: I think, and just going on that, it's everybody's responsibility, even like you being here today is fantastic to really sort of demonstrate from the above that everybody needs to... Um, just accept that we all have mental health and Mm -hmm. it's just being encouraged and supported sort of from everybody. But I think it's everybody's responsibility because you're not mind readers. If you knew that somebody was struggling, I'm sure you would sort of flag up that, you know, something's not quite right. Yeah, yeah, try and explore it. So it's not easy. We're not mind readers. So I think it's sort of everybody's responsibility, employees, to have that awareness Mm. themselves for what they are struggling with. But I think other with techniques or how to support any employees that are struggling the key thing is to just for them to feel they have a space Mm. to listen Mm. um, and talk about whatever they are struggling with you know sometimes we might feel like we need to help them find a solution um, or find the answers but most of the time they've already gone through all of those sort of solutions and answers themselves it's not that they Mm. can't work out what they need to do um, it's just that so much is going on. They need a space to emotionally sort of let that out and, and feel comfortable it, that they yeah. can process yeah. it with someone. Yeah,
0: um, there's lots of f- um, sort of feedback models you can implement as well. Um, I suppose to try and open up that conversation initially. Mm. You can do that um, anonymous anonymously, so yeah, or you can have yeah. it direct from the team. I think
2: like having um, anonymously, I think it's great, but I think that has to be the objective, hasn't it? So in the same way as uh, in our physical health, mm. we accept that at one time or another, everyone is going to have a physical health issue, mm. um, be it a broken leg or yeah. the flu or yeah. Yeah, um, something more serious. And I think likewise, we have to acknowledge that everyone is going to have a mental health um, and probably, probably at, at some time um, and yeah. I know that after my second child after having Bella yeah. I I really now retrospectively suffered with um, postnatal depression yeah. but yeah. didn't identify with it at all at the time, at the time yeah. and kind of yeah I think I was pretty fortunate I had a great support group that I kind of came through the other side of that and it didn't it didn't escalate into that something more so good, but yeah. but I, I, I also acknowledge that yeah there was zero awareness for me at that yeah. time that mm. I was go- that I was going through chapter. that but it was it was at that time maybe I, I I felt like it was like okay there's something really wrong if 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 you know you have depression anxiety whereas mm. now I kind of see it as yeah everyone's gonna have that at some yeah. stage like yeah. I said with, with any physical health symptoms and yeah. I think the
1: more we talk about it the more we try and normalize it the yeah. more people can come forward and feel comfortable to come forward and talk about whatever the issues are. Mm. Um, because uh, so many clients that we see, they often say, I wish it, I did sort of break a leg because at least people could see it. Mm, but with a yeah. mental health problem, you know, they find it difficult to have that initial conversation. And I mm. think it's that first step, just having that courage to, yeah, take the first step to admit that they are struggling with something, however they might word it, and having a relative or a friend that comes into sort of an initial meeting with them at work. But at least it feels like they've. Yeah, they can overcome whatever they're struggling with.
0: Yeah. So, um, just just on the back of that, Danny, you say you, retrospectively you were able to identify that mm. you're potentially going through that. Had you been able to identify that at the time, and I'm sort of directing this more at you, Mandy, what what would you suggest people do about that? Obviously, there's so much you can do from a a work perspective, or only so much you can do from a work perspective, but what sort of treatment options are there available when it comes to someone visiting your facility, for example? There's
1: so many. I mean, we have psychiatrists that are trained in the team. We have therapists that are trained with all different backgrounds, whether it's on relationships, whether it's on... Um, yeah postnatal depression but I think the first step with the client is doing an um, an assessment Mm -hmm. Um, so helping them to establish exactly what problems bring them here for right now Mm. what their triggers are so what thoughts they might have that set them off to feel anxious or down um, what physical symptoms they experience and how are they trying to cope with it so with cognitive and behavioral therapy we're really looking at two key areas Cognitions are just a fancy word for our thoughts, anything Mm. that goes through the mind. um, We all get thoughts, whether they're positive thoughts, negative thoughts. So the first step is establishing what sort of thoughts are going through their mind. And then the behaviours are how the individual is trying to cope. So are they avoiding talking to people? Are they avoiding um, going out with friends and family like they would have used to? So it's sort of two things with cognitive and behavioural therapy as one approach. Mm. Um, Understanding what those negative thoughts are and what are the unhelpful behaviours, the actions, self-defeating sort of behaviours that just create that vicious cycle Mm. that you Mm. feel stuck in.
0: Again, it's taking that that first step, isn't it? Opening up the The conversation. The first step is the
1: most difficult, yeah. Yeah, The Um. courage to just go go there and have that conversation and if it feels too difficult speaking about it putting it in an email um, taking a friend with you but just taking that first step can really feel like it benefits them in the long run yeah perfect
0: okay well I've learned a few things uh today I've got to say some valuable information sort of imparted there I'm going to leave you both with one question before you wrap up um what do you hope the listeners will take away from the,
1: the episode today the podcast today I just hope that anybody that is struggling with sort of any kind of mental health problem feels that they can reach out for support because there's so much support out there, but we can't do our job as therapists or as psychologists if people don't come forward to us. So Mm. we want to help, but we can't help if nobody's coming out there to us. Um, So if there's anybody struggling, just take a friend with you, write it down in an email, but receive the help because there is support out there. Okay.
2: Yeah I think from my side it's again it's to acknowledge that at some stage or another everyone's gonna yeah they're gonna struggle with this and um, I think it making sure that not only are you kind of um, asking for help but if someone's asking you for help kind of we we all have that tendency sometimes to play things down and I know when I after having Bella when I was struggling I'd sort of say to friends or family like yeah, oh, I'm really like I'm really struggling with this but it's kind of like we well, just had a new baby you know of course you're struggling you're working yeah, bound loads and to be and it, uh, yeah. Work, yeah and it, they, they were they were doing that purely from a perspective of trying to reassure me that yeah. it was it was normal which it is mm. uh, so many women suffer with that yeah but I think maybe at that time just kind of reflecting and going okay does this people that this person need actually to explore this further rather than mm. having a kind of the, an off-the-cuff response yeah. and that's important whether it's a friendship family or actually in a working environment I think that Ma- that, making that a true. space for it yeah. yeah
0: yeah that empathy and I suppose ultimately on a corporate level it's that emotional intelligence yeah. isn't it and yeah. probably
2: patience Because patience which we're not very good at now so it's kind we're of going oh yeah you're yeah, feeling better now yeah right true. but yeah maybe maybe taking a little bit time, more time over it.
0: Perfect. Well, I just want to say a massive thank you to you both for coming on the podcast today. Like I say, I found it valuable. Hopefully (laughs) our listeners have today. Big thank you for for joining us. And as always, let us know what you thought of today's episode. If you enjoyed it, let us know, give us a like, give us a share, leave a comment, send us a DM, whatever you want to do. Like I say, feedback's always welcome.
1: Thank you for tuning in and stay tuned for the next episode.